Thank you for downloading our podcast. Make sure to subscribe to get new ones every week. And don't forget to check out First Methodist Sweetwater's website and social media. Now, here is Pastor Tyler Looney. I have to tell you, I, I know I'm not 40 yet, but I've had almost 40 years of, of growing up going to church. Now, obviously, I don't remember those first few years in my life. But one thing I, I know about, about church, and one of the things I remember about church is every Sunday that I would show up growing up at, at, in churches, is I always would receive a couple of things. There was always something that was taking place in those churches. And one of those things is there was always donuts provided. Now, we don't have donuts everywhere here, but there was always donuts. I remember as a kid being excited to go to church because I was going to get a donut. Just being honest with you, right? Some of you are like, I, I get it. Amen, right? Calories don't count on Sundays, by the way. Donuts, calorie-free. I always remember going to church, and, there, and as I got older and I was able, I remember there always being a cup of coffee available, right? Now, we do have that around here, and some of us are like, thank you, Jesus, for caffeine, because I need it on Sunday mornings, especially when Pastor Tyler's preaching. Thank you. Amen. And then I always remember getting a, a warm greeting and potentially a warm hug. And so many of you have discovered, and if I haven't hugged you, maybe it's because I, I, I sometimes I'm sweaty, and so I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable. Just being real with you, especially after service. Uh, but I am a hugger by nature, and I, and I find myself wanting to greet you and give you a hug. And, and I have to tell you, a lot of that stems from a lady named Vonda Paris. And I've shared this with some of you, but a lady named Vonda Paris in Canyon, Texas. And I remember I, I just decided when I was there serving as the director of student ministries that I need to, I need to hug people on a regular basis and just greet them. I'm, I'm a, a huggy guy. So I, I started hugging these folks. And Vonda Paris was one of these ladies that I would hug every Sunday. And one Sunday, she made a point to grab me after service. And she said, I just want to talk to you for a second about the hugs that you give to me and how much they mean to me. You see, I, I'm, I'm recently widowed and my family all lives far away, and, and this is the only hug I get all week long, is from you. And because of that, just so you know, if you're weirded out by the fact that I hug, because of that, it stirred me to go, I need to be intentional in hugging people on a regular basis. But it's interesting to think about the ministries we have at, here at our church. There's a ministry of providing donuts, maybe. There's a ministry of coffee makers. Have you ever thought about who makes the coffee around, around the church on Sunday mornings? Or maybe you know who it is. Have you ever thought about the fact that that's a ministry that is impacting you, right? There's a lady there in, in, uh, in Lindell. Her name is Lee. She's the office administrator. And every Sunday, she would make coffee over in the narthex of our of our contemporary service area. She would take and she would make this coffee for folks. And, and sometimes I think we fail to see that that was a ministry that she had to the church. Because when she made that coffee, people every Sunday would walk in excited to see there's coffee and they would pour that cup of coffee and guess what kind of conversations would take place around that coffee maker. But had there been no coffee there, people would not have stopped and visited with one another, right? We're going to come back to that here in a second. So our scripture today comes out of Mark chapter 6. And before I invite you to stand for the reading of the gospel, 
I want to just share with you a little bit of the context of this, of this passage. So this miracle that we're going to read about, the feeding of the 5,000, 5, 5, excuse me, it takes place during the time of Passover. In this text, it comes after the beheading of John the Baptist, and it's right before Jesus is going to walk on the water. And this is the first account of Jesus feeding a large crowd, because there's another occasion where Jesus feeds a group of Gentiles over in Decapolis. But this is among the Jews in Bethsaida. And Mark here, he's continuing to present Christ in his, in his humanness, his humanity, with mysterious glimpses into Christ's divinity. And I'm not sure why in this text, but it doesn't make mention of the child who had the five loaves of bread and the two fish. But we know from the other gospel accounts, which we can find this in all four gospels, that there was a child who was present with the five loaves and the two fish. Okay? So let me invite you to stand, if able. Again, this is optional. You don't have to. But if you're able, let me invite you to stand for the reading of the gospel. Mark chapter 6, verses 30 through 44. Hear now the word of God. The apostles gathered around Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. And Jesus said to them, Come away to a deserted place all by yourselves and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to a deserted place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they hurried there on foot from all the towns and arrived ahead of them. As he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd, and he began to teach them many things. And when it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and the hour is now very late. Send the crowd away so that they may go into the surrounding country and villages and buy something for themselves to eat. But he answered them, You give them something to eat. And they said to him, Are we to go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? And he said to them, How many loaves have you? Go and see. And when they had found out, they said, We have five loaves and two fish. Then he ordered all them to get on the Excuse me. Then he ordered them to get all the people to sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and of fifties. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven. He blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to his disciples to set before the people. And he divided the two fish among them all. And all ate and were filled. And they took up twelve baskets full of broken pieces and of fish. Those who had eaten the loaves numbered 5,000 men, which means there is even more that day. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Let us pray. Oh, Father God, I pray that you'd open up the hearts and the minds and the ears of each person in here this morning, including me, Father. I pray that you'd anoint the words that come from my mouth, Lord. May I be a vessel for you. Oh, Father, would you free us from distractions, anything that's keeping us from hearing your word, your truth that you want for us to grasp hold of this day. Father, help us to see the significance of the ministries you've entrusted us with. And Lord, how when we take and we place those in the hands of Jesus, they are multiplied. Lord, even in our inadequacies, even in our moments where maybe we're dealing with a little bit of brain fog, when we give it to you, you can do amazing things. 
And so, Father, we give you this time. And we give you praise. And through Christ we pray. Amen. So Jesus' disciples had just returned from being sent out. And Jesus recommends to them, let's go to a desolate place so that we can rest because we're tired. Anybody else get peopled out from time to time? I'll be honest, I do. Some of you are not raising your hand, but I know you get peopled out. Okay? And so let's go to this desolate place, and, and I want you to see that these crowds, they begin to they follow the disciples and Jesus to this desolate place. But note that Jesus doesn't scorn the crowd, but rather Jesus has compassion on this large crowd of people, right? Talk about being peopled out, 5,000 plus people who follow. But Jesus doesn't scorn them, but, again, but instead he begins to teach them. And he states that they're like a sheep without a shepherd. Which I think in this moment is Jesus certainly acknowledging that he is the great shepherd. And so Jesus teaches until late. And then the disciples, they're looking around and they begin to notice that there's a dilemma at hand. The crowd is hungry. Or maybe they're hangry. I don't know what's going on, but people are hungry in this moment. And so they bring this to Jesus' attention, and I love Jesus' response. He tells the disciples, you give them something to eat. Can you imagine the look on the disciples' faces in this moment? Can you imagine sitting there, and this crowd is hungry? 5,000 plus people, y'all. And you go to Jesus and say, man, I think this crowd's hungry. They need to eat, Travis. What are we going to do? And we go to Jesus, and Jesus says, you give them something to eat. Would that not overwhelm you in that moment? Well, what do I have to offer? What can I give them? And so they take and they offer to spend their 200 days of wages... But instead, Jesus asked for them to find what's already available. And we know again from the Gospel of Matthew that there was a young boy who had five loaves and two fish. That's what was available. And they bring it to Jesus, and then Jesus does something that's very reminiscent of the future Passover meal, the Seder meal, with his disciples. He takes and he blesses the bread, and then he breaks it. And then they distribute this among those 5,000 plus people. And what I love is, you see in this, they all eat, and they're all satisfied, and there's what? Leftovers. There's leftovers. Church family, this story is, is, I believe, very intentionally placed in all four Gospels. This is one of the only miracles that's found in all four Gospels, when you look at it. And I think it holds a great deal of significance and nuance to whom Christ is. I'm not going to go into, into depth on this, but we know that Jesus' audience here, they were Jewish. And certainly what Christ is doing, it's reflective of the Israelites' exodus from Egypt. But we know that Jesus here is foreshadowing his providing of daily bread and salvation for those who would crave his words and would receive him, and especially over earthly things. But what I want us to, to draw special attention from in here, and please hear this, is Jesus reveals what can happen when his followers entrust him with what they have to offer. 
And when they place it in the hands of Jesus, it's multiplied. Five loaves and two fish is multiplied to feed over 5,000 plus people. You see, we have a common problem with this audience here. We, we too, we are like sheep who have gone astray. And just as the Israelites fail to see their captivity as a problem, we too at times fail to see our captivity as a problem. Just as the Israelites at times long to go back to their familiar Egyptian life, we at times crave to go back to our former captive lives. But we recognize that Jesus is our Passover lamb. He is our good shepherd. Amen? We know that Jesus is our Savior. And thanks be to God that Christ looks at us with compassion. His body was broken for us so that we might be set free from the bondage of sin and death. Can we recognize that Jesus is our daily bread? But here's the thing I really want for us again to gather today. We know this truth that Jesus is our Savior, that he provides our daily bread, but he's also calling for those who have received him who know this truth to join in the feeding of those who are without a shepherd. Jesus asked for us to give what we have, give what we have to him, even if it's just a couple of loaves, even if it's just a couple of fish, give it to him and let it be used for his purpose. And what I love about this story when we look, what do we see is that after the disciples gave what they had, those five loaves and those two fish, it was placed in the hands of Jesus. It was multiplied. Everyone ate and they were satisfied, y'all. If you look at this text, satisfied means like, I, I picture, have you ever eaten too much? Nobody's saying yes. That's okay. Don't participate. I'm the only glutton here. That's good. I guess you've never been to a Thanksgiving meal, right? They eat so much, they're filled, they're satisfied. And then there's some left over. Do we see that? There's leftovers. When we give what we have to Jesus, he multiplies it, and there's even leftovers. I've got a challenge for you today. Will you choose this day to remember that God has set you free through Christ Jesus? Will you celebrate this freedom, and will you allow him to live in and through you and then the big question, because I'm assuming most of you would say yes to those, will you let Christ use what you have to offer to bear fruit through you so that others might know him? Will you let Christ use what you have to offer? Whatever your gifts and graces are, will you give it to Jesus and let him use them? You see, again, God provides daily for us, and Jesus truly is our daily bread. We know we cannot live apart from him. And we know, again, he could take and multiply any gift that we have to offer. 
You know, in the years of, of ministry, almost two decades, I, I reflect on all the different ministries I've seen. And, and I'll be honest, I kind of struggled with this, this text today because I really wanted to talk about the feeding of the 4,000, but we're going to save that for another, another Sunday. But as I reflected upon this text and I thought about all the different ministries and the impact, how, how sometimes we feel like what we have to offer, it's not that much. I, I, can't, I can't do a whole lot. All I'm really able to do is I can make coffee every Sunday. Or maybe all I can do is I, I can answer the phones at the church. Or maybe, maybe all I can do is be that awkward pastor that hugs people. I'm going to get real here for a second. Maybe I find myself at a new church. And Morgan, I love that you're here today. I don't mean to call you out again. But maybe I find myself at a new church. And I was telling Dee this last night that sometimes in my time here, I felt like I've been under a, a microscope, looking, comparing, thinking. What is he like compared to Tyler? I mean, compared to Ryan, excuse me. He, he even at times seems awkward and a little spacey, a little space cadet. I have moments like that, I'll be real. My allergies get to me. I've had moments where I've, I've been wrestling with God. I'm like, Lord, I don't have much to offer. I, I don't have the experience Ryan had. Lord, I, I'm just awkward at times. Lord, I'm not the greatest communicator. I mean, they told me I needed speech therapy when I was a kid. Lord, I get uncomfortable so much when I'm standing up in front of people, I pour sweat. But even as I sat over here to the side and I thought about standing in front of you and bringing this word today... I was reminded, have you thought about the text which you've prepared? What you're preaching today is, would you just place your gifts and graces into my hands and let it be multiplied? Would you just let it be used? Are you following me, church? Do you think I stand up here confidently on Sunday mornings and I'm like, I got this? Absolutely not. But you know what I do is I go, Jesus... I've got five loaves. I've got two fish. I can go and hug people. I can say hi to them. Lord, I can stand up here and I can be, and, and some of you will get this reference, I can either be a bush or a donkey this day. <laughs> Just speak through me, Lord, whatever it is. And what I love about Jesus is in this 20 years of ministry, I've seen Jesus say, watch this. Watch me multiply it. Watch how I'll use what you offer. Just give it to me. I'll take those five loaves and those two fish and I'll feed 5,000 plus. Would you just be willing to be used, whatever that ministry is? If it's making coffee like Miss Lee and Lindell, make coffee. Coffee for Jesus. Please, I know we're going a little long, church family, eyes and ears, please hear me say this. Whatever God has equipped you with, Whatever your ministry is, whatever God is calling you to, would you place that in the hands of Jesus? Would you let it multiply? Would you watch how Jesus will transform and shape people's lives, how people will receive that bread, that daily bread, and they'll be transformed forever? We have a special video we're going to play now. 
And as you watch this video, I want for you personally to think about the ministries of this church, the ministries of the church, not just First Methodist Church Sweetwater, but the ministries of the church throughout your lifetime. Think about how they have impacted you, how they have transformed your life, how you've experienced Christ through them. And I want you to ponder for a second, what would have happened if somebody said, Jesus, I can't feed those people. I can't, I have nothing to offer. Think about those people who chose to say, Jesus, I have five loaves and two fish. Here you go. Would you multiply it? Because a youth pastor said yes to the ministry of playing disc golf with me on a regular basis, because he gave it to Jesus and said, would you multiply this? This is what I can do. I can hang out with this youth kid. My life was touched. Because a youth pastor thought, yeah, Tyler, you, you should go with us to a camp. You'd be a good, a good counselor. And I think you've got to call in your life to ministry because he poured it into me. Because he gave that to Jesus and said, would you multiply it? My life was touched. Because a man in college said, you know, I don't have a lot to offer to Tyler, but I can meet with him on a weekly basis over a cup of coffee. I'll share that story with you someday, precious man, Steve. Because he gave that to Jesus and said, would you multiply it? My life has been blessed. I know that I'm a child of God. That's what mine said up there. I know I'm a child of God because of the church. When we place our gifts and graces, our ministries, into the hands of Jesus, those, those loaves, those fish, he'll multiply it. Our desire here at our church is in every way to make our ministry impactful. To make sure that people are truly knowing that Christ is their daily bread. And that comes even in the most simple things as a cup of coffee in an inviting space. Because you never know how someone's life is going to be transformed through the ministries of this church. So Father, we thank you so much for the church. Lord, as I reflect over those who have even poured into my wife, as I saw some of the things up there that said broken, searching, and thinking about how you, through the church, you fed those people. You fed us, Lord, so that we would know you, our Creator, so that we would know you, our Savior. Thank you. Lord, we confess that at times we, we forget who we are as your people. We want to go back to our old, our old ways in Egypt. We want to go back into bondage. But Lord, we, we give you praise that time after time after time you forgive us. Your grace is sufficient. We give you praise for the life that we have through Christ. We give you praise that we know we are your people. Because of the name of Jesus, and we know that you could take whatever we have to offer and you can multiply it. Well, Lord, may we as your people entrust you with the gifts and graces you've given to us so that we can truly 
we can truly feed those without a shepherd. As we enter into this time of Holy Communion, may we be reminded of those, again, who have gone before us that you use to bring us to this table. We love you and we give you praise. It's through Christ we pray. Amen.